There's power in the name of. There's healing in the name of. There's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. Bishop Intefel is the medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. Its in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Look at me, pastors, church workers. There are two ways of building a mega church. Alright? One of the ways of building a mega church is to build one big church. One big church. And that is a mega church. Another way you can build a mega church is by planting branches. Hallelujah. It's by planting branches. Sometimes, based on the location, based on the city, based on certain other factors, it is not possible to build a large church of thousands of people in one church. For example, if you go to places where other religions are more predominant, you know, you may not be able to have a church of a thousand people, uh, 500, 2,000 people. No matter what you do, you may just end up having a church of 50 people or 100 people. Alright. So, one of the things that you must do is to plant many churches. Many churches. Now, you can have 1,000 members in a single church. And you can have 1,000 members in 100 branches. 100 branches, each of them having 10 members, is equal to 1,000. Or 10 branches, each of them having 100 members, is equal to 1,000. Hallelujah. So, Planting churches is a powerful way of achieving your vision of having a mega church. Amen. We don't mind in Lighthouse to have small, small churches. Our churches are of various sizes. Some are very small. 15 people, 10 people, 20 people, 25 people. And some are large. Thousands of people. Hundreds. All ranges of churches. And when you gather all of them together, when you gather all of them together, you end up having a large church. Last year during the, independent, the um, Easter 
celebrations. On Easter, on the Good Friday, we gathered the members of our church in Accra and surrounding areas. Alright? Not everybody came, but we tried to gather as many as we could. Okay? And 100,000 people gathered just from Accra and around. Not from Ghana. So, 50 people here, 20 people here, 100 people here, 300 people here, 500 people here, 3,000 people here, 4,000 people here, 5,000 people here, you know, 15 people here. When you put it together, you get a large group of people. So, I want to recommend to all of you pastors who want to have mega churches to move into church planting. Hallelujah. If you are a pastor, you are a founder here, you are a senior pastor, you are a bishop, you are an apostle, okay, through the planting of many churches, you can have a mega church. When you put all your people together, so living way, okay, if we add on to the branches that we have now, and we have hundred branches in Sierra Leone. And each of them has 20 people. That is 2,000 people. So building a mega church is not only trying to build a church in one location, but you can also achieve the vision of a mega church by planting churches all over. Now, church planting is important because church planting leads to the expansion of the kingdom. The kingdom of God expands through the planting of churches. No matter how great your church is, if it's located in one place, you are not helping with the expansion of the gospel. Because you have one big light in one location. But if you plant churches all over, you are spreading the light of the gospel in many, many locations. Hallelujah. And in this scripture, Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Jesus said we should go and teach all nations. Alright? We should go and teach all nations. Hallelujah. Now, the best way you can teach people is by gathering them. The best way you can teach people is by gathering them. So what is the church? The church is calling people into the kingdom, which is evangelism, and teaching them. Hallelujah. So, sometimes, sometimes, some of us pastors love evangelism. We do crusades. We do soul winning. We carry out soul winning activities. It is good, but we must accompany that 
with gatherings to teach. In other words, the crusades must end up becoming churches. Because when you win so many people through crusades and you leave them, over time, they just go back to the world. So Jesus asked us to go and make disciples, followers. And how do we do that? We have to call them from the world, evangelism, and we have to teach them. But the way we can get them to teach them is if we gather them. So the church is equal to evangelism plus gathering to teach. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Huh? So it is very important for us to move into church planting. Amen. If we don't plant churches, we allow the vacuum to be filled with other religions. We allow the vacuum to be filled with other religions. This is a reason why we must plant churches. Alright? We should not leave the country for other religions. The vacuum in our country, Sierra Leone, will be filled by other religions if we don't plant churches. We must have churches in the cities. We must have churches in the towns. We must have churches in the villages. We must have churches everywhere. The aim of every ministry must be the expansion of the kingdom of God through church planting. Don't have only one church. Have many churches. That is why the earlier message that I preached about lay ministry is important. Because without lay people, you cannot have people to plant churches. You cannot employ 100 full-time people. Sometimes, you go into a church, a church of 200 people, and the pastor has employed 10 full-time pastors who are married, who have children, and you cannot pay them much. So they are not satisfied. They are unhappy. And instead of focusing on the work of God, their focus rather is now on the senior pastor. And they'll be remembering at you and insulting you and cursing you in their head. Can I have an amen? So let's move into church planting. The reason why the Holy Spirit was given is so that we can become witnesses. Jesus said in Acts 1.8 You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the utmost part of the earth. The reason for the Holy Spirit coming is to help us to become witnesses. So, if we are not witnessing, if we are not building churches, if we are not planting churches, then it means the Holy Spirit is not with us. The way to know that the Holy Spirit is in the ministry is that that Holy Spirit, is, that ministry is doing so winning. 
A church, a ministry that is not doing soul winning is the clearest indication of the absence of the Holy Spirit in that church. If the Holy Spirit is there, He's going to drive us to go to Jerusalem, to go to Judea, to go to Samaria, to go to the utmost part of the earth. Every ministry has four stations. You cannot end, you cannot start and end in Jerusalem. But many ministries have ended in Jerusalem. The pastors have become comfortable. Just like the church in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was the, the church that Jesus gave this commandment. But when the church started and it grew, 3,000, 5,000 were added multitudes. And now they had no need. The Bible said that they all shared their properties, among their possessions among themselves, and they had no need. They felt very comfortable. The apostles, the disciples, the, the, the church leaders, they felt very comfortable, and they remained in Jerusalem. And it took persecution. God used Paul and some other people to cause a great persecution. And that is how come the church scattered into other areas. Hallelujah. So if we don't go and we sit in our churches, we must expect persecutions and troubles. Some of you founders of churches, the persecutions and some of the troubles and sometimes even sickness that we are experiencing is because of the fact that you have become comfortable where you are. Now you can pay yourself, you can pay your children's school fees, you have a nice car, you will build a house. So you are okay. But what about Judea? What about Judea? So we must plant churches in Judea. Amen. So if you are a pastor in Sierra Leone, you are in Freetown, Freetown is Jerusalem. Then, now you must move to Judea, which is outside of Freetown. The north, the south, the west, everywhere in the country is Judea. Then after that, Samaria, which is West Africa and Africa. Then after that, the utmost part of the earth, other continents. You have four stations. So many of us have not even started our ministry. Many of us, we have not started. That is why we cannot be happy. That is why we cannot relax. Pastors, that's why we cannot relax. We need to continue to expand. Hallelujah. We must be like the Antioch church. Acts chapter 13 the Antioch church sent Barnabas, sent Paul, sent Silas, and all these people to go to plant churches. They planted churches everywhere. Galatia, eh? they planted churches in Ephesus, in Corinth. Are you getting that? In different places they went. 
In fact, one time they said, the people who have caused trouble in the whole world, they have come here also. They must say, living word, hey, living word has come here also. Living word has come here also. The name of your church, people must say, hey, hey, you are here also. That is what churches has redeemed. Church of God and Winner's Chapel and the Church of Pentecost and Lighthouse. That is what these type of churches are doing. The Methodist Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church. But most of us charismatics, we are just, we have stationed ourselves in one place and turned the shop, the, the church into a shop where we sell to make money. It's true. It's true. It's true. We are not thinking about others. Church planting, missions, means you are thinking about others. The founder of the, um, what's the name of the church? The Salvation Army, General Booth. He called for a conference of all his pastors. All his pastors, he gathered all of them for a conference. But something happened and he couldn't go. So he sent a telegram to the pastors as his message to them. So the pastors gathered and they said, the general has a message for us. They brought the envelope. They opened the envelope. They took out the letter. And the letter contained only one word. Others. Others. O-T-H-E-R-S. Others. What we are saying? The pastors think about others. Church planting means we are thinking about others. Mission work means we are thinking about others. Others that have not heard the gospel. Others that are not saved. Others that have not received the light of the gospel. Others that have not heard of Jesus Christ. People have heard about Coca-Cola. Fanta. In most parts of the world, they know about Fanta. They know about Coca-Cola. But there are so many people who have not even heard the name Jesus. And we are feeling comfortable sitting in our churches, fanning ourselves, marrying, enjoying Christians, others, others, other people, other nations, other tribes. Yeah. Bishop Dad is pushing us further and further. Further and further. Further and further. He's pushing us. Let's go. We are sacrificing our young men. Have you seen this? Our young men. We have sacrificed them. We have thrown them into the sea. They should be here in Sierra Leone. They are not even married. I'm sure it's not easy for them, young men. You have fire and blood. But we say, learn to swim. 
they have sacrificed, they are very young, in their 20s. But you see, do you know that that is how Christianity came to Africa? Yes. That's how Christianity came. The Basel mission, Wesleyan mission, eh? Methodist Episcopal mission, they are selling. They all came here. Ceylon was one of the first places that they came. Is that also? Eh? They found is it something Mount Fora Bay something? You have, you have a, a, a a very good investor here. Yeah, were, were there not the people who founded it? Yes. Missionaries. They came here. When you, when you, when you, when you come to Ghana, where our Bible school is, there's a town there called Akropong. There's a cemetery there. Full of missionaries. 22 years. 23 years. 24 years. Now, when, when they came, they died within one week. They died within three months. They died within six months. And then, when they die, then they will send a telegram. Bring reinforcement. That is how come today we have Christianity. And the path, listen, the path that they couldn't go is the path that have been overtaken by other religions. And now it is our time. It is our time. It is our time to also go. To also go. But we are not going. We are happy in Jerusalem. I'm talking about church planting and the mega church. Yes. Plant churches everywhere. Bishop, if you plant churches everywhere, you know, we, we, we have, um, we have, we have stopped it for some time, but we used to have a program called Homecoming in November every year. Representatives of all our churches will come across the world. And it was so beautiful. We used to do what we called a flag, a flag parade. You see nations of the world. Fiji Islands, Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Two years ago, we sent a young graduate of the Bible school to Solomon Islands. Last year, we sent a brother. He was in the UK. Eh? We sent him to Melbourne, Australia. And then we have moved him from there to Vanuatu. Which is one of the, the South Pacific Islands. Vanuatu. Recently, we consecrated our pastor in Jamaica as a bishop. He was sent to Jamaica 13, 13 or 14 years ago. He didn't know anybody. He had finished his master's in finance in London. He was a pastor in London. Young guy. We sent him. Go to Jamaica. He did not know one person. He entered a country with a tourist visa. And he has been there for 14 years. When you go there today, he's built a huge cathedral with many churches. He's planted many churches all over Jamaica. With Jamaicans. His church members are Jamaicans. One of the, country, one of the countries with the highest murder rates. In Kingston, several people are killed every day. 
When we send him, when we send him there and he arrived and he searched, soon after there was a terrible typhoon. It killed people. He was there. He was standing in the water and making a call. This is what is happening to us. We are about to die. But he was there. Others. Pastors. Let's think about others. There are other peoples, other tribes, other nations. Let's go. Let's go. Bishop Doug preached a message recently. The church must send or it will finish. The church must send or it will finish. We have small, 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 small churches. Small, small, small. We are not making impact. And all the small churches, we have them in the big cities. Do you know why we have them in the big cities? Because pastors, we are very wise. It's in the big cities that the offerings are a lot. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Pastors, it's not true. Pastors, it's not true. It is the big cities that the offerings are a lot. In the villages, you know, the graduates of our Bible school, we have sent them to the, the furthest villages where people pay their tithes with yams. Yam. The tithe is two, two, uh, two tubers of yam. Half bag of granite. That's the tithe. And they are there with their wives. And they have been there. Very happy. Bishop Dad likes them. When he calls them, the joy, the happiness, you wonder, ah, but these people, why are they so happy? Listen, when you are doing the work of God, when you are doing the work of God, when you are really doing the work of God, you'll be happy. It's just like a doctor. You know, especially in Africa, most part of Africa, doctors are not paid a lot. But, I tell you, for any genuine medical doctor, the person's joy is not so much in the money, but to see your patient recovering. Yes. I experienced it over the years. You see, you see a mother, poor mother, carrying the baby, you know, bringing, and the baby is not, it's not breathing well. The whole eye is very white. Malaria has chewed all the blood. The blood that should be like 13 or 14 is left of two or three. And the baby is just about to die. And in the middle of the night, we'll run to the to the blood, the blood bank and collect blood. And find a way. Sometimes we have to cut the leg to get a big vein and, and transfuse the blood gradually. And as the hours go by, you see the little child bouncing back, smiling, moving the hands again. Soon, that child is sitting up eh, and begin to smile, begin to talk to the mother. And you should see the joy on the mother's face. That is the joy of a doctor. If you are really doing the ministry and you are seeing drunkards, drug addicts, prostitutes, idol worshippers, juju men, Coming to God, you'll be happy. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. You'll be happy. Yes. Others. Our 
Nowadays, let's leave our comfort zones and go and preach to others. God is challenging young people here, young men, young women. Some of you should leave. Leave free town. Go to other towns. Settle there. Take a job as a teacher. Any job that you can find, take it and be there. And preach to others. And gather them and start a church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God will bless you. Oh, God will bless you. God will look after you. You know, in those villages that we have sent our graduates, it's amazing. Many of them have built houses. Many of them have taken advantage of the environment. There's no school there, so they have started a school. There's no school. So they have started a school. Some of them have ended up building, uh, putting up buildings for their school. Where they thought they were going to die, God rather has blessed them. Wow. For you shall serve the Lord and he shall bless thee. The river is deserving of his wages. John chapter 4 verse 26. Hallelujah. When you harvest, God will give you your wages. Can I have an amen? amen. So, let's move into church planting. Alright? Now, for the next few minutes, pastors, I want to talk to you about how to train lay workers. Do you like it? Or we should end and go home? Sorry? Hey, I can't hear you. Alright. This is going to be a short session. But listen, because what, what, what do you do? How do you turn your ordinary church members to become lay pastors? You have to train them. Hallelujah. How do you train lay workers? By using the principle of the pineapple patch by using the principle of the pineapple patch. The principle of the pineapple patch. What is the principle of the pineapple patch? Now listen to me so that you can understand it. Now this principle is taught by Bishop Dad. He said that one day he was driving along a hilly road. He was climbing. And to his left and right were bushes. Bushes. Nothing was growing. Just stretches of bushes. Then suddenly he saw an area, a large area with pineapples neatly planted and done. Very neat. Nicely done. And that area with the pineapples looked different than all the other places that were just overgrown with bushes. So as he was thinking about it, then the Lord gave him a revelation that where you are seeing the pineapples was also an overgrown bush. But the reason why they are 
nicely planted pineapples is because somebody has intentionally worked on the bushes in that area and turned it into a beautiful pineapple farm. Do you understand that? So, the principle of the pineapple patch is that the members in your church are raw materials. They are unskilled. They don't know how to study the word. They don't know how to pray. They don't have a deep understanding of the things of God the way you have it. They can't teach. They can't counsel people. They are, they are human spiritual raw material that God has given to you. And by you working on them intentionally and imparting spiritual skills to them, you are, you are going to be able to turn them into a force that can help you in the ministry. So that is the principle of the pineapple patch. Where you, you are intentionally devoting time, energy, interest on your ordinary church members to convert them into effective workers for the Lord. So that is how you get people. Amen? That is how you get people. For as long as they remain as just church members who come to church on Sunday, receive the word, go back and all that, they are not useful to you. They are not useful to you. But the same people, the same people, if you can spend time with them, if you can teach them, if you can train them, they will become a powerful force. Hallelujah. And listen to me, pastors. The main work of a pastor is to train your workers to serve the Lord. I showed you that scripture yesterday. I want to show it to you again. If I can have it, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, okay, verses 11 and 12. Or I can read it very quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the work, the role of pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, and teachers, the fivefold ministry officers, is to prepare God's people for the works of service. It's not to get money from them. It's not to use them to enrich yourself. It's not to use them as your slaves. It's not to use them as your boys and girls that you just send them around and use them as bodyguards. But to prepare them so that they can preach, they can teach, they can start churches, they can go on missions, they can have crusades, they can cancel the church members, they can do sales and work in the house of God. Hello, are you here? Are you here? You go home. Please stand to your feet. Yes. Wow. God is explaining something. Pastors, pastors, your main work, the reason why many of you don't have anybody to help is because you don't train anybody. You must spend your time training people. 
Now, at my cathedral, every Sunday, we run six outdoor services. We run several youth services. When I say a service, normal service, we come, there's prayer, there's praise and worship, there's offerings, there's the preaching of the word, altar call, whatever we have to do, and then we close. Another service starts. When we finish with all the services, now, training is starting. Training. It starts with new converts. All our new converts are put in a new convert school. And we have set up nine schools to train the members from stage to stage to stage to stage to stage. Each of them is six weeks. So new convert school is six weeks. Where we teach you what does it mean to be born again? What is water baptism? What is Holy Spirit baptism? What is repentance? What is salvation? What is hell? We teach you all that. Then we graduate them to another school. We graduate, and then after the, after the third school, we will call the second school the fruitful believer school, the third school, we call it the mature believer school. We, are just, we, keep, we just keep on adding more you know, doctrinal things to establish them. Then at the fourth stage, we now push them into what we call shepherds training school. We call our church workers shepherds. So a convert who entered the church 18 weeks ago, roughly 4 months ago, is now being turned into a worker. Typically, across the cathedral, when we graduate the convert, after, after the convert school, we can graduate like 250 of them. 180 of them. And then we put them through. So by the time they are getting to the stage of being trained to become shepherds, they may be about 150. By the time they finish that, some drop off. Okay? We might have about 80 or 90 or 100 that has been trained to become workers in the church. So, when somebody gives his life to Christ, within about six to seven months, the person is also ready to do something in the church. You have to intentionally work on the people. Intentionally. You don't just get workers. Some of you pastors, what you do is that you see somebody's very good drama. Last as you have come here for this conference, you look at the bishop's very good drama. And then after church, you speak to him. How much do they pay you? He said, oh, even now, he brought a bishop who said he shouldn't pay us. So he has stopped, he has stopped paying us. He said, okay, come to my church, I will pay you. And then you poach the person. You don't need to poach anybody. You can train the people. Train instrumentalists, train ashes, train your workers. Everything that you need in the ministry, God has given to you in the form of the people who are in the church. Can I have an amen? Huh? Wow. Jesus, out of all his disciples, he chose 12. 
to train them. He chose 12 to, t- to train them. Mark chapter 3, 13 to 15. And he goeth into a mountain and calleth unto himself those whom he would. And they came unto him. Of whom he chose 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them forth to preach, to cast out evil spirits and to heal the sick. So he chose. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, Jesus prayed all night to select the 12. So Jesus trained. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was not an apostle. How many of you know that? He was a fisherman. Matthew was a custom officer. But all these people became great men of God because they were trained. So training is important. Now, so I said the key to training is the principle of the pineapple patch. How do you actually do the training? Number one, select those who show interest and also in whom you sense the call of God. Select those who show interest and on whom you sense the call of God. What do I mean by the, the show interest? In all our churches, if you watch carefully, there are people that after church, they don't want to go away. They come to you, pastor. They greet you. Pastor, how are you? Pastor, is there anything that I can do? Anytime you want somebody to sign, they say, oh, pastor, can I do it? If you sign me, I can do it. I will do it. They stay around. They are showing interest. When you call for prayer meeting, they are there. Most people don't come, they are there. When it is raining and you say, there's a special meeting, most people don't come, but they are there. So you look out for all such people and you carefully select them. But let me add that when you are selecting people, use also the principle of many are called. In other words, invite as many people as possible. Jesus always invited a lot of people. And as you train them, those who are really not interested in ministry, they will all fall out. But give a lot of people opportunity. Typically in our Bible school, we can admit like 250 people. By the time they are going out of the school, they are 80. 80 out of 250. The training sifts out all the people who are not called. They, they just come to the school because maybe it's a nice place, you know, whatever. Do you understand it? So as we go on, eh, they just fall away. They fall away. They just fall away. Like that. Just about three weeks ago, I dismissed, I dismissed 47 students, including 17 international students. They are not serious. I said, go, 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 go home. So use the principle of many are called. Now, after you have selected the people, set up a training school in your church. We call our church workers shepherds. So we call our school shepherds training school. So whatever you call your church workers, make it church workers training school. Whatever it is. It's a training school. You see, 
immediately you formalize something, everybody understands. Immediately you formalize something, everybody understands. So, living way, we are going to start a shepherd's training school. You are all part of it. Bishop is going to train you. Now, for every school, you need a place that you meet. Write it down. Change that going to the school. A meeting place. In this case, your church. Number two, a day that the school comes on. A day that the school comes on. When must the school come on? In our denomination lighthouse, we use Sunday afternoons. Okay? And then weekdays after the service as the two main days for training. Sunday afternoons. And then, do we have weekday services in our churches here? Yes. So when we close the weekday service, everybody is gone, then we stay on to do training. Apart from that, you can do what we call all-day training. For example, you say, like today is a very good day. Today is a holiday. Today is a holiday. So this holiday, we are going to meet at church for a training. So you can do, a, you can do training the whole day from about 8 to about 6 p.m. With prayer. Sometimes we break and pray for hours. We watch a video. We listen to a message. We discuss a book. Something. Alright? Then apart from that, so I was spoken about Sunday evenings, weekday evenings, all day training programs. Apart from that, you can also have what we call camp meetings. Camp meetings. Where you take your trainees outside the city, find a location, let them sleep there, rent a conference hall, and then you camp there for about two or three days. Morning, evening, morning, evening, morning, evening, teaching them how to plant a church, how to counsel people, how to visit people, how to pray, how to conduct yourself as a church worker. Three days after that, you come back. Hallelujah. Is it clear? Should I go over it? The key to training your people is the key of the pineapple patch, which means intentionally working on your members to turn them into workers. To start that process, you must carefully select the people that you think you sense the call of God upon them are interested in working for God and also using the principle of many are called. Number two, set up a school. Number three, come out with clear days of training. And I was telling you that with us, we normally use, because Sundays, pastor, don't go home. What are you going to do at home watching TV? Sit in the church and train the people. All these church planters I've sent, I train them Sunday evenings, over the weekends. Do all day training using holidays and other free days. Use camp meetings where you camp. You camp. When I say I camp, do you understand it? We have church facilities, um, other facilities where they have a lot of accommodation and conference hall. So you rent it for a day or two or three. Then you arrive, you sleep over. Then you start morning to evening. You see, 
I can be with you people here from morning to evening, morning to evening. We'll have breaks. We'll go and eat. Rest a little. Camp, like that for three days. That is a camp meeting. So that is another way of training your people. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Wow. And then finally, have materials. Teaching materials. Teaching materials. Your own teaching materials that you have, or you can adopt the teaching materials that another church or denomination has. I don't know. Do we have Lycos? Do we have How to Become a Shepherd here? Those of you handing the books, do we have some of those? Yes. Okay. How to become a shepherd. What about Lycos? This Lycos. What about how to become a shepherd? Do we have it? Huh? What is Phoebe? Do we have how to become a shepherd? Okay. So, this book, I was talking to you about laymen. Bishop Dark has a book on the subject that I shared with earlier on laymen. Lycos. The word lycos is the Greek word for laymen, lay people. Laymen, lay people, lay pastors, volunteers. This is a very good book you can use to train your lay workers. Let me take you to some of the topics here. Lycos, the laymen. What happens when there are no laymen and volunteers? Seven reasons why God operates through lay people. Seven things you must know about the lay ministry. Why you must become a lay pastor. How, how I operated as a lay pastor. Bishop that describes how he operated as a lay pastor. How to share the burden of lay people. The ideal lay pastor. What is the proper attitude of a lay pastor? Double-minded lay pastors. Understanding how lay ministry is a measure of ministry. Understanding how lay ministry is a type of health ministry. Understanding the deficiencies of lay ministry. Understanding why God allow lay ministry to exist. Develop the four essential skills of a lay pastor. The struggles of lay pastors. The example setting ministry of volunteers. Why we must fight to protect the lay ministry. All of it is here. So you can take it and systematically and then also there are videos and uh, CDs on all these books. Amen? Any pastor here who is interested in what I'm talking about, alright, through Bishop uh, Jolly, I'll, I'll put you in touch with some of my personal assistants. They will help you. They will help you to gather all these materials. I want to help you to do well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you understand it? Okay. We don't have how to become a shepherd. There's another one, okay, what it means to become a shepherd. What it means to become a shepherd. The reasons why you must become a shepherd. The ministry, is it work or is it rest? These are all in the book. Do you understand it? Why the ministry is work? What are the components of the, of the ministry? In fact, in that book, Bishop Dad gives 29 points on how to preach. So you can teach your people how to preach. How to preach. Remember that you are training them. You have to teach them how to preach. For example, 
you have to preach in a charismatic manner. In a charismatic manner means under the inspiration of the Spirit. Then you have to preach ex tempo. Alright? As I'm preaching, I'm not reading notes. I just look at something. I can talk for a long time. So I'm, I'm preaching ex tempo. That the wells must come out of your bowel. Alright? How to handle the mic? When you are preaching, there's a way you hold the mic. You have to teach your people. You don't hold the mic this way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, amen. No, you have to teach your people a way of holding the mic. You don't hold the mic like this. You hold the mic like this. When you are preaching, you have to teach your people. You have to vary your tone. So there are moments that you shout, God is going to use you. It is very important for you to do the work of God. Because if you don't do that, people will perish. Vary your tone. Some of you, when you are preaching, you shout throughout the whole preaching. By the way, shouting does not mean you are anointed. Hello? Teach your people that when you are, they are preaching, they must make what is called eye contact. You have to look at the people. When you are preaching, you don't have to, God really loves you. If God loves you and you want to follow God, Jesus said, feed my sheep. He didn't say, feed my giraffes. Do you know giraffes? Giraffes, they are very tall animals. So you have to look at them like that. But Jesus said, feed my sheep. You have to teach your people how to present themselves. You can't just dress anyhow, present yourself anyhow to come and preach. If you are a man, you have to trim your beard nicely. Don't come to preach with food particles in your beard. When you are a lady, you must know how to dress. Don't dress so that when you are preaching, instead of us looking at Jesus, we are looking at you. Because you are showing us three quarters of your breasts. And you are put on this sketch. That when you are preaching, you are demonstrating that. So you must bend down to pray. We cannot, we, we, we cannot, we cannot, when you bend down, we all fall, the brothers, we all collapse and die. You must teach your people that when they are preaching, alright, they must give a point, they must give a scripture, and then they must give an example so that the people can understand the message. Sometimes you preach and the preaching, you see, that is why I keep on, so you have seen me, I do demonstrations, I call somebody, I ask questions, I interact with you, you see that the people can relate to what you are saying. Sometimes you hear a man of God preach and you wonder, what is he talking about? And when the glass cutter came to the forest and it went and Jesus Christ appeared there, then he shouted and said hallelujah. Then he moved and Jesus moved and the donkey appeared and the miracle was happening. And then the teachers and apostles and I tell you, God is moving. What are you talking about? And our church members also don't understand it. So everything they say, Amen. A 
prophet was preaching. Then this is what he said. Everything he said, the people said, Amen. Then he said, your HIV, your HIV, which is now negative, by the grace of God, it will become positive. The people say, Amen. You don't understand. How can your HIV, you want your HIV to become positive. So you must teach your people how to preach. All that is found in that book. What it means to become a shepherd. Alright? And even uh, in this one also. Hallelujah. And then we use this one, the mega church, to teach how to start a church. How to start a church. And then how to do follow up. And how to retain the sheep. And how to how to maintain the sheep before we come to how to grow the church. All of that is here. Okay, and then we use loyalty and disloyalty. Do you have loyalty and disloyalty? We use the book Loyalty and Disloyalty to teach about loyalty. God willing, tomorrow morning, tomorrow is loyalty day. Amen. Tomorrow is loyalty day. We are starting this evening with loyalty and we'll continue tomorrow. Hallelujah. And that is how you train your people. So pastors, God is saying, I've given you the people. Train the people. Let them help you to do the work. May the Lord give you powerful workers. May the Lord give you powerful workers. May the Lord give you churches everywhere. Your one church is becoming 50 churches. Your 10 churches is becoming 100 churches. Your 20 churches is becoming 500 churches. May God give you more workers. More missionaries, more churches. Receive the mega church. Receive the grace for the mega church. Lift up your hands and thank God. Lift up your hands and thank God. Lift up your hands and thank God. have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral College, opposite the College Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant View Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you. To glorify your